Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to the Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Anciently, the prophet Elijah had a mantle. A mantle is some sort of clothing item. It could be like a cloak or a robe. And this mantle distinguished him as a prophet of God. Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Flurry writes about this in chapter 11 of his free book, The Former Prophets. You can get a copy of The Former Prophets for free, like I said, at thetrumpet.com. But Elijah had a mantle, and even some of the people in the world, the leaders of the nation anciently, understood. They could see this cloak, this robe that Elijah wore, and they knew there was something special about that man. Lang's commentary calls this mantle the insignia of the office of the prophetical leader. Now, this mantle is associated with the power of God. It shows us where God is working. It's associated with incredible miracles. Elijah could smack his cloak down upon the water and part the river so he could walk across. You can see that in 2 Kings 2 verse 8. Now, obviously, it wasn't the clothing itself that made the mantle so powerful. It was God who allowed these things to happen, who made these things happen. Mr. Flurry writes here in chapter 11 of the former prophets. This chapter is titled Elisha carrying the mantle of Elijah about the end time Elijah. We can notice this here in Matthew 17 verse 11, where Jesus Christ himself said, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. Christ said this right after giving a vivid vision to Peter, James, and John of his second coming, of his return to the earth in power and glory. And he gave us this sign, this pivotal sign of the end time. Elijah would come first. Elijah would restore all things. Now we have to understand that Christ is going to restore all things to the entire world when he returns. So this end time Elijah had to restore all things specifically to God's church. There has never been a man to (laughs) enforce world peace just yet. 
Christ will do that. He will bring peace to the world. He will restore God's way and God's law to the entire world. But first, there was a man who came on the scene in this end time, and he did exactly that in God's church. He established a peaceful environment in God's church. He built strong families within God's church. He upheld God's law and government within God's church. And that is an exact type of the way the entire world will, will soon operate. The way the entire world will soon prosper as they go God's way. So this end time Elijah is a pivotal sign of the end time. We have a booklet by that title, a pivotal sign of the end time available to you for free at the trumpet.com. It has to be pretty obvious who that man was or else how can it be such a pivotal sign that Christ is about to return? Notice here another foundational scripture about the end time Elijah. This is in Matthew 24 verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. There's a time order, you see. An end time Elijah has to appear first before Christ returns. And this end time Elijah prepares the way for Christ to return. He tells everybody that it's going to happen. It's going to occur just as your Bible says. An earth-shaking, brilliantly radiant return of our Savior, the King of Kings. Plenty of us will be alive to witness it. So who was this man? How does the history of the ancient Elijah apply to us? Mr. Flurry answers that in The Former Prophets. He writes, Who picked up the mantle of the end-time Elijah? The answer to this question is obvious to anyone who looks into it honestly. In so many ways, God has made it clear where the Elijah work is being done today. The Philadelphia Church of God holds fast to the instruction of Herbert W. Armstrong. We publish and freely distribute all of Mr. Armstrong's major books and booklets of which God has given us the copyrights. God has opened the doors for us to continue some of Mr. Armstrong's humanitarian efforts, most notably by allowing us to carry on with archaeological excavations in the city of David in Jerusalem. On top of that, God has even committed into our care certain physical treasures from Mr. Armstrong's work, including a Steinway concert grand piano from Ambassador Auditorium, some brass lettering from an inscription, and two exquisite candelabras that were on display in the lobby of that building, and an inspiring sculpture by Sir David Wynne, Swans in Flight, that Mr. Armstrong commissioned for the Ambassador College campus in Big Sandy, and that now graces the front of Armstrong Auditorium. 
These physical objects are nowhere near as important as Mr. Armstrong's spiritual legacy, which we hold, protect, and perpetuate. But they are certainly additional signs God has given that demonstrate the continuation of the Elijah work after Mr. Armstrong died. God is repeatedly reminding the PCG that we are still doing the Elijah work today. Mr. Flurry goes on to explain there in the former prophets, again, available to you for free at thetrumpet.com about how the work in the Philadelphia Church of God today, the work through Mr. Flurry today, is not a separate work. Anciently, there was Elijah and then there was Elisha. But it's not called an Elijah work and then an Elisha work. It's all one work. It's not about the man. It's about the God behind the man. We are just continuing the Elijah work. Really, it is God's work. And so much of that history and so much of what is going on in this end time is symbolized by the mantle, the authoritative robe worn by Elijah anciently. There's a mantle in this end time, not a literal garment, but a sign of a man's authority. And it's been passed from Mr. Armstrong to Mr. Flurry. And again, it is God's work. The Elijah work, not a separate Elisha work now. It is all one work. It's God's work. Notice 2 Kings 2 and verse 12. This is part of a dramatic event that momentarily shattered Elisha's entire life. Elisha would follow Elijah wherever Elijah traveled. He wanted to be right at the heart of God's work. He wanted to serve God's man in every way possible. And one day when they were walking, Elijah was swept up into heaven on a chariot of fire. A chariot of fire led by horses of fire came between Elijah and Elisha and Elijah was swept up by a whirlwind. Elisha knew this would happen. The college students of that time knew this would happen. But still, it was hard for Elisha to go through this. To witness his spiritual father taken away. 2 Kings 2 verse 12, Elisha cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. So Elisha cried out. He agonized 
about Elijah being taken away. Now, technically, Elijah didn't die at that exact time, but the responsibility of being the, the physical leader of God's work moved on from Elijah to Elisha. You can see that again, symbolized by this mantle. Look at second Kings two and then verse 13, the very next verse. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Verse 14. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. Of course, the whirlwind (laughs) made the mantle, the robe of Elijah fall to the ground and Elisha picked it up. So verse 14 and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah or where is the eternal God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted here and there and Elisha went over. But the timing of this, the the chronology of these events in verse 14 is crucial. It says first, Elisha smacked the waters with that cloak of Elijah, with that mantle. Then he cried out, where is the eternal God of Elijah? Then he struck the water again. And that time, the waters parted. So when Elisha tried to do this on his own, it didn't work. The waters did not part. When Elisha redirected his focus back to the God of Elijah, the God behind the man, that is when the miracle occurred. He struck the water again, and this time the waters cleared out of his way so he could walk across. This is just such a powerful example for all of us today. In the subhead, under the subhead, where is the God of Elijah? Here in chapter 11 of the former prophets, Mr. Flurry writes, I believe God was giving Elisha some subtle correction here. Essentially saying, Elisha, there will be no parting of the waters until you get your priorities straight. He wanted him to acknowledge the God of Elijah. There is a precision in the way we have to do things or that mantle won't empower this church. We have to put God first or it won't work. If we don't get on our knees first, the waters will not part for us. This is about God using a man, but it is God's power. That is what he was reminding Elisha about. Of course, Elisha realized his mistake very quickly and corrected himself. Now, that is powerful history, but it also repeated itself in this end time. The end time Elijah, the founder of the worldwide church of God, Herbert W. Armstrong was taken out of the way by death in 1986. 
And someone had to pick up the mantle, that symbol of authority. Someone had to take over the responsibilities of directing God's church under the leadership of Jesus Christ, of course. Mr. Flurry continues, God does give that mantle to a man. Someone had to step out and say, we are going to print Mystery of the Ages. Then a group of people had to stand behind that decision and say, amen, that message must be taken to the world. It takes God's government to get that done. It takes a man who has the spiritual mantle. But it's not about the man. It's about the God of Elijah. Is he really alive? The same God who gave Mr. Armstrong that enormous work? Yes, he is. Mr. Flurry is referring there to Mr. Armstrong's magnum opus, his greatest written work, Mystery of the Ages, completed just before he died. This book that unlocks the seven foundational mysteries in the universe. These seven most important questions that human beings must be able to answer if we want to have a real meaning and purpose and hope in our lives. We have to be able to answer who and what is God. We have to know about the angels and demons. We have to understand the mind of man about civilization and how it got to this point. We have to know about Israel, the church, and the kingdom of God. And here Mr. Armstrong wrote this book that unlocks the Bible. Studied alongside your Bible. It can unlock vast vistas of knowledge. The most vital spiritual knowledge. And yet after Mr. Armstrong died in 1986, his successors didn't want to print that book anymore. They didn't want to deliver Mystery of the Ages to the largest audience possible. As a witness to the entire world. So who was going to step up and do that job? Who was going to pick up the mantle of the end time Elijah and make sure this message got out? Well, the fruits are obvious. Who delivers that book to the world for free today? It is the Philadelphia Church of God. Mr. Flurry picked up that mantle. And it is because of supporters like you that the this book can go out. That this book can change lives for the better. But there is authority. There is power. There are miracles in God's work. When the government structure is right, when we put our focus on the God of Elijah instead of on any man, just incredible things will happen. 
Mr. Flurry writes here, do you want to know how to do the work of God today? How to have doors open for you? Even rivers, if necessary? Just like Elijah and Elisha when they struck the river with the mantle. Mr. Flurry writes, here is the formula. Elisha knew where the God of Elijah was, and he was following his spiritual father. So God opened up the river for him, just as he had for Elijah. I would really encourage you to continue studying into chapter 11 of the former prophets. This chapter is titled Elisha carrying the mantle of Elijah. And again, you can get this book for free. The former prophets, you can get it for free at the trumpet.com. It's a pretty big book. I believe it's over 200 pages, especially the expanded version, the more recent version. And it doesn't just have information about Elijah and Elisha. It talks about a lot of the history of ancient Israel, the kings, the judges, that bloody period of the judges, and how all of that history relates to us today. Chapter 11 specifically shows how Elisha actually performed more miracles than Elijah did. Now, these miracles were a sign that Elisha was working for God, but Elijah was superior in status, even though Elisha did more miracles. So Mr. Flurry warns against being taken up by the miracles and putting too much focus on the man, because really it's God who performs miracles. And there's some specific miracles that are detailed in that history of Elisha. I don't want to spoil them for you, but just powerful miracles that showed Elisha was the man who took up that mantle. Elisha was the man who answered the all-important question, where is the eternal God of Elijah? Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.